For the past 20 years, you've enjoyed the refreshing tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. So in celebration of this milestone, we're bringing Baja Blast in stores nationwide. And for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. 2024 is the year of Baja Blast. In stores now, no purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 18 plus. Subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com and 615-24. Void were prohibited. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus very pleased to be joined by the host of the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, Red Sox uh, reporter, analyst, man about town for WEEI, Rob Bradford. Rob, thanks for joining us on Blair and Barker. Uh, so the Jays have signed Justin Turner. You guys had him last year, obviously. You know him. He's old as dirt. Um <laughs> what, are the Jays, what are the Jays having this guy? Does, does he have anything left in the tank? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think the oldest dirt thing is going to make it into the press release, but um, I, I think that the thing with Justin Turner, I found myself saying this so many times last year, is that I didn't realize how good a player he is. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, I'm with you guys and I'm pumping his tires, but he's the type of player, and even being as old as dirt, he's the type of player that when you you need to watch him play, to really appreciate how good a player he is in so many ways. And I'm not even talking about in the clubhouse either, because I think this is a, an enormous, enormous part of this equation, which is, I, you know, I couldn't tell you exactly how the Blue Jays clubhouse, the dynamic is there, but I know how it is with the Red Sox. And, and I know that this guy was the leader from the get-go. He, he was the leader of that team from the get-go. And it didn't take him have to stand on a stool in the middle of the clubhouse saying, I'm the leader. 
He just is that guy. He's going to be a great manager someday. But in the short term, I mean, he, he can legit he can legit play, I think, anyway. Rob, obviously the Jays need an everyday, well, almost an everyday third baseman and a cleanup hitter. You think he can do both of those, either one of those, one of those some of the time? I know he rarely hits cleanup. I mean, he's hitting second and third. He's hitting fifth a bunch of times. You know, clean up. The team seem to want to keep him away from that for whatever reason. Maybe they got better options. But on this team, you know, protecting the guy in front of him might be Vladdy driving and runs. He seems like he's able to do that. Hit it where they ain't sometimes. Shorten up. I know he's got that big giant leg kick at thirty nine. He Jeff says he's older than dirt, but it looks like he can still <laughs> run produce. He likes hitting at the Rogers Center last year. You know, he's pretty decent. Is there? You know, do you think what you've seen, can he do either one of those? Yeah, I think that, you know, when he came in, you know, they were like, oh, this is the guy you're going to hit behind Devers. This is the guy you're going to have to protect the most important bat. And you know what? He did. He absolutely did. And his numbers are a little deceiving because he played with a bad foot for the last two months of the season. His, I think his OPS dropped down to like 500 in that last month. But before that, he was like a 900 OPS guy. And, and also, I, I think I tweeted this at some point. I never have seen a Red Sox player who came through in clutch situations more than Justin Turner did last year since David Ortiz played for the Red Sox. And I know that's a big statement to make. Maybe J.D. Martinez in 2018. But this guy, when you needed a big hit, he was, he was absolutely the guy you wanted up. And to your point, it wasn't just, oh, he's going to hit a home run. It's, all right, you need, a, you need a single the opposite way. That's what we're going to do. Now, I say all this, I don't know. Like, we're, I, Listen, I, my 40 time isn't the same as it was a year ago. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe, 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 maybe there's a downturn. All I can tell you is that from what I saw last year is that, yes, he's still a middle-of-the-order hitter. Not maybe the traditional middle-of-the-order hitter where he's going to pop 30 home runs, but a guy who, if you get a guy on base, he's going to drive him in. You know, he had what he he hit. He had 96 RBI for the Red Sox last year. That was a career high. And you know, clearly, the in order to have an RBI, you've got to have guys on base. That's you know, that's captain obvious here. I mean, it seems to me that even with Justin Turner on this one-year deal, it, to me, this just kind of reinforces the notion that other than Shohei Otani, was a completely different situation. It seems as if the Jays approach. This offseason is to play to play it short. They've got two more years for sure of Laddie and Bo if they if 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 they want if they want to play that out. And I look at a guy like Justin Turner as fitting in as fitting in perfectly there because you know he's he's got the postseason pedigree. He's won some individual awards. He's won a World Series. Uh, he's a guy that at this stage of his career, I think, is probably looking. He's probably looking to go out on top, right? And I think it, I think he fits in nicely here in that regard. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And I'll come back to it, Jeff. Is that is that if you're on a winning team and you have the talent around you, and this is the guy you want to have on that team. If if there's any if if, if there's any sort of quest to have a voice in the clubhouse, a leader in the clubhouse, showing guys the right right way to do things. This is, of all the guys who are out there, I would put him at the top of the list. I mean, one of the things that I thought was so telling was every game he would be standing next to Alex Cora in the dugout, every almost every single game. And Cora said, I've never had a player do that before. I've never really allowed a player to do that. And the entire time – 
they're talking. It was almost like he was a bench coach. And, and, and we see that once in a while with players. But for Core to say that this is the only player that he's ever had felt the responsibility or the, the comfort to do that with, I think says a lot. He knew that Turner owned that clubhouse. He knew how important it is, and he also knew how smart he was. But at the end of the day, it, you have to produce. And, and, and the weird thing is, yeah, Devers was good last year, but I think that Justin Turner was voted the MVP by the Baseball Writers Association in Boston last year. I mean, that, that, and I think that says all, everything you need to know. Now, it's not ideal that you have a 38-year-old being your MVP, but it was the case last year, and I think that with that talent around him in Toronto, it's going to be even better. Hey, you know, I, I, and I wonder, too, if he, if he isn't the rare example of a guy who is able to maintain uh, productivity late in his career. I mean, first of all, he's a late bloomer. He really didn't, you know, it wasn't until he was 30, I don't think, that, that he really established himself. The Dodgers made him, a, uh, made him a third baseman. But, you know, I'm looking at this guy. Okay, he had a career low barrel rate last year. But, I mean, he was still in the 91st percentile in whiff rate. He was above average in strikeout and chase rate. Um, you know, again, another year where he's basically lefty righty, the splits are, the splits are pretty neutral. Maybe this is a guy who can just maintain that, you know, for another, for another year, another two years, maybe he is that outlier. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good point. And if you watch, when you watch him play, you kind of understand that is that as, is he's a very, very good situational hitter. And I'm not just talking about, well, you got a guy on second, you hit it to the right side to get him a third. I'm talking about taking whatever pitch is delivered him and going the way that he's supposed to go with. And, and I think that as you get older, as you get smarter, these players, they understand that they, they have to do that and they should do that. It's just can your physical ability do it? And I think that he's, he showed no signs other than that foot injury at the very end of slowing down. And also forget, I mean, don't forget, this guy got hit in the face with a fastball in spring training. This is one another thing that I think that immediately put him at the top of the list of a, a leader in that clubhouse. The guy gets hit in the face with a fastball. I mean, legit, legit hit in the face. And he comes back a couple weeks later and shows no sign of, of hesitation, no sign of, of this is going to affect me. He, was, he just kept on trucking with, with this huge lump in his face and, uh, and, had, a, and had a really good year. Rob, you look at his numbers. He's really good with runners in scoring position. We've talked about that. He's really good against lefties. Last year, the Blues, Blue Jays were were not really good at either one of those. Is he inviting with information? What I mean by that is every younger guy, and the Blue Jays in their everyday lineup got some younger guys that sometimes struggle chasing the ball in against a lefty. I'll bring up Vladdy's name. You know, sometimes we'll chase that slider down and away with a runner in scoring position with two outs with a runner on second. In in the times that you've been around him, is he inviting with younger guys that could walk up to him and go, hey, I see you're doing it. What are you doing? How can you help me do what you're doing? Yeah, I, I think that to answer the question, he is, but he is in the right way. In other words, in other words, he's not going to be like you got to do this and you got to do that. You got to do this. He's he's got to be that. He's not the. I'll say it again. He's not the guy who is going to be put the stool in the middle of the room. Hey, everybody, I'm the leader. Get around me. Do what I say. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. He's a lead by example guy first, and then then everyone understands 
all right, he knows what he's doing, and he goes from there. And and this is another reason why I think he's going to make an excellent manager because he not only knows the game, he not only obviously is a smart player, but he's got a good way about him where where I think he's he's the type of guy where younger players feel open to go up to him. And and you guys know this. How important is that? I mean, how important is is to feel like the guy that isn't going to force anything on you? Like this is one of the things, and I don't think this was justified a lot, but you know, one of the narratives with JD Martinez was, well, he was trying to get guys to play, to hit the way that he wanted to hit or hit the way that he thought they should hit. Justin Turner isn't like that, and that narrative came up a lot over the course of last year. I'm not saying that it fits for everybody, but I think for what you're talking about, it's a pretty good way to go. Hmm. Last question from us, Rob. Uh, needless to say that uh, I, I guess once you make a play for Shohei Otani, there really isn't anything you can do to, to keep the fan base happy. Um, I, Justin Turner, I'm sure there'll be people out there who'll be you know, thankful the Jays have done at least something. But, of course, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to say, okay, Justin Turner, great, but he ain't. He ain't Shohei Otani. Um, you know, this is un- this is a pretty unsettled fan base. Who's more unsettled, do you think, Boston's fan base or the Blue Jays' fan base? Because, you know, I- I've got to tell you, i got to tell you, both Kevin and I said at the end of the year last year, you know, everybody was talking about Baltimore, and, of course, Juan Soto went to the Yankees and all this, and we were both saying – now, I don't think the Red Sox were that far away from being from being able to take a run at this thing. And I mean they've just they they've held pat or worse. Can you explain that to us? I, I tell you what, it's funny I it, it's funny listening to you say that because there is no in, in the world of Boston Red Sox fandom right now, there is no more unsettled place to be. There just isn't. In all my years of covering the team it's never been like this. It's not like they're talentless. It's not like you know they, they they're devoid of, of of some good players. But this this idea of the ownership, which had had I had always course corrected, had always if you have a down year, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pay forty million dollars more for David Price. No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go get Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval. You know, every single time they course corrected with money, and now. This time where you, you, you fire Bloom because the perception is, all right, you know what? You slow played it and you ran out of time. It's time to get back to our Dombrowski way of doing things. And then, boom, the sad trombone of this offseason. And, and there isn't, you know, I think the biggest difference in terms of the Blue Jays and the Red Sox is that there isn't these guys who you want to go to the, the gift shop and buy shirts with their names on it. Like, there isn't these guys. There isn't the Vlads. There isn't the Bichettes. There isn't these guys. There certainly isn't, isn't the pitchers that you guys have. So I think that right now you're, you're sitting there and, and you hear payroll's going to be down. It's, 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 it's nasty up here, man, like, or down here. I'm sorry. It's nasty. And, and a lot can change maybe in a couple of weeks. Maybe Jordan Montgomery changed the narrative. But right now I've never seen anything like this. Is there any concern that the Fenway Sports Group, they're involved in a lot of things, right? And they're also involved in Liverpool mm. FC. Huge moneymaker. Now, of course, Jurgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool at the end of the year. It, and, and that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest, story in world, biggest stories in world sports, to be honest, at this point in time. Is there any concern that maybe they're just, 
they got too much on their plate and that they've lost track of the fact that you know, the Red Sox are the reason they are where they, where they are, right? The Red Sox are largely the reason they've been able to, to expand into these other sports. Is, is, is that a concern in Boston? Well, it was always, Jeff, it was always, you know, I thought that was a, a lazy narrative for a long time because of the, obviously the money comes out of different buckets. But right. now you're at a point where, where it's, I, don't, I think it's open to conversation. I think it is because something has changed. Something has changed about what their bottom line, what they're spending money on, how they're prioritizing it. As I said before, they would always course correct. They always do a shock and awe offseason after having a down year. And now you don't have that. And then you have these comments last weekend where you have, oh, payroll's going to be down a little bit. And also the worst one to me was Tom Warner saying, uh, you know what, it's, we got the Fenway experience. Now you're, everybody knew that that was their safety net, the Fenway experience, the tourist, the tourist place. You know, people, they're going to put people in the seats because of the Fenway experience. Everyone knew that that was their safety net. But they would never, ever verbalize that. It was always about players and winning, and, and we're going to win, try to get World Series. And when you say Fenway experience now, oh, man. I mean, that, was, that, was, that to me was a, a warning flag for things are absolutely changing, and, and they might be changing for that exact reason you mentioned. Rob, we appreciate your time as always, my friend. Thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the remainder of the off season and uh... – well, we'll look forward to spring training. Thanks for Thanks, this. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, all, right. all right. Good talk with you guys. See you. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com sportsfan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.